and welcome to Check Out This Guy. We're checking out another one of your your guys' guys. We have a guest on today. Uh, first, I'll introduce myself. Uh, I'm Morg. I use they, he pronouns, and I'm excited to find out whoever this is. Spike? Well, you said you were excited to find out whoever this is, so I thought that was no. uh, their cue. Um, hi. No, no so I, we're saving me for last for, for to build up suspense. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead, Spike. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, we're, we're off to a great start, aren't we? Hi, I'm Spike. Uh, use whatever pronouns you feel are respectful. And we have our guest who has totally not spoken yet. I, I mean, yeah, but I didn't say my name, so. So um, true. But yeah, I'm I'm Patrick. I use he him pronouns. Fr- friend of the show, you could say, hopefully. And I'm excited to be here. Yes, we've mm-hmm. brought you up a few times. Uh, all all guests should be either friend or enemy of the show. Enemy? Oh no. Enemy of the show. Yeah. So Patrick yes. came in with a few different ideas. What are you going to tell us about? We're gonna. I'm going to tell you about a guy. Is that, is that okay to do on this podcast? Can we, can we like, check out a guy? Yeah, I, th- I think that's... Yes, yes. I think um, that's good. I think that's kind of what we're asking you for, mm-hmm. so... Okay, I'm just, I'm just want to make sure we're all on the same page. So let me introduce you to a man by the name of Dr. Algernon Hugh. Uh, Who that? He is... So I guess the my first question, while I, while I get my thoughts in order, is... Are either of you familiar with the hit video game or hit tabletop game Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yes, I am familiar with Dungeons and yes, Dragons. Uh, unfortunately, so. Okay, but I also this, know this he's has, not. Yeah, this has from... nothing to do with that. I was like, he's okay. not from that. I, that's like one of the few things yeah. I know about him. Yeah, it's like I know what he looks like. No, that's that that's a different game. Um, no, uh, are you familiar with the game Blades in the Dark? Yes, I have a copy of it downstairs. I have never played it, but I know it's a thing that exists. Yeah, I have also never fully played a full game. I got to play in a game probably starting in like a year and a half back. I could actually probably even check if I really wanted to. Uh, Actually, yeah, so it started uh, January 2022 um, and probably went on for, I'm going to say about a year-ish yearish long yeah it looks like it ended in actually about november 2022 i keep very good notes on a lot of things god i wish that were me mm-hmm. <laughs> but um for so i guess for those unfamiliar blaze in the dark is a tabletop role-playing system um which is specifically built around uh the city the setting of duskvall and the game is by its own account a game about a group of daring scoundrels building a criminal enterprise on the haunted streets of an industrial fantasy city. Yeah, it's cool. There's a lot of, um, if you hear the term like forged in the dark, those are games that are based on Blades of the Dark because it's kind of got like a, like a pretty, like for being like technically a lighter uh, rules in some ways game, it has like a pretty robust rule system. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that the rules it has work really well without being overly complex yeah it's kind of like it's got some stuff that you might see in like a power by the apocalypse but i feel like it has a lot of really cool like emotion stuff Mm -hmm. and like vice 
based yeah. stuff that I like. So I would like to run a game and at some point. <laughs> I would recommend I would recommend it. Um, or at least a version of the game yeah. or whatever. A Forge in the Dark or whatever. But yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so like I said, it's it's a good fantasy game and Duskfall, the city it takes place in, is kind of a eighteen seventies second industrial revolution type setting, uh, but also there's ghosts. Spooky. Um, uh, there was a big cataclysm that broke the sun. Uh, there broke the gates of death a thousand years ago, which, you know, don't want to break those. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, th- those are important. They're, they're pretty important. The, like, the one-page summary, or the one-sentence summary the book gives is, you're in a haunted Victorian-era era city trapped inside a wall of lightning powered by demon blood. Which is oh, as yeah, okay, yeah, hell. as you do, as you do. But that's just no. to give you a kind of general idea of the setting, so you can understand just the type of person Doctor Hugh is. Did you have a question? I was just gonna say, can you play as like a demon or a ghost or anything? Um, I don't think so. There, let me clarify. I think there's like in the additional rule section some stuff about that, but it's like with the. It's in the back of the book that's like the, hey, only use these rules if you really know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, like the mm-hmm. baseline is like mostly just like you're just dudes yeah. trying to survive. Yeah. You, you use use these rules if you're not a coward. I'm sure, we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, use these rules if you know what you're doing, I think yeah. is the... It's like, yeah. you're talking to someone who didn't let you guys play as... Uh, Wild card and Eidolon, so like it's okay. It's okay to put limits on your players, mm-hmm. especially if you're new to DMing. Agreed. Um but yeah, tell us about Hugh. Yeah, so I guess I guess the thing the one other thing I want to say about Blades in the Dark first is just like I mentioned, it's about kind of making a criminal enterprise. Um it has a lot of different like lists of the type of criminal enterprises you can make. You know, they have both like assassins for a cult for like smugglers for people who hawk things, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, what sort of criminal enterprise do you think Dr. Algernon Hugh was part of? Well, he is, like, what kind of doctor is he? A real one. <laughs> I also feel like I know the answer to this because you have told me. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know the answer, Spike? Um, no, because um, I am very much someone with the memory of a goldfish. Mm-hmm. Even though I have read your write-up of him. It'd be like that sometimes, but uh, doesn't he do something with... Can I... Or you tell us. It's your oh, yeah. fucking Okay. Guy. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're, I'm going to just pause a second, look at my watch, uh, so, so the audience at home can guess. Uh, that's yeah. right. Dr. Algernon Hugh works at the Wright Price and Company Law Firm. <laughs> yep, law. Mm-hmm. He's a real doctor, but not a real lawyer. <laughs> He's a real doctor, not a real lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I should note Price is spelled P-R-Y-C-E because the head lawyer at the firm is Alex Price. Um, and I think that's a good bit. I, I enjoy bits of that nature. Um, but yeah, so it's a civil law firm um, where we focused on the desperate upper class, uh, kind of taking the cases that other people didn't want to. For people familiar with Duskfall, it was located in Silkshore. And the neat thing about that is it was uh, directly above a brothel. Ah, uh, what is a desperate upper class, though? <laughs> uh, sorry, like up, like like 
upper-class people in a desperate situation of, not financially, but, like, ah, yes, taking okay. the cases no one else wants for yes, whatever yes. reason. Yes, okay. I, I just think of desperate, I think of, like, poor road people, but that ain't that okay. Yeah. yeah, no, we're talking about desperate in a different way. Um, but I think that's enough That's enough background about uh, Duskfall and the right pricing company. And now I can get to Dr. Algernon Hugh proper. Um, Dr. Hugh's great. That's that, That's it. That's all I got to say about him. He's great. Damn, okay. the shortest episode. Um, okay. Yeah, you got Where another guy then? Um, no, I, I can say more about him. Tell us um, about him. So, Dr. Hugh, is there a good place for me to post photos or anywhere? Um, you could do it in guest, or you could do it in voice text stuff. People have done it in both places. All right. I'll probably um, post some photos. But also, these will probably be either linked to from whatever your social media is, or, like, whatever. So, the listeners will probably see it somewhere. Yes, I, I do have uh, Dr. Hugh on toy, toyhow.se. That's probably like, how that's supposed to be pronounced. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I can I can definitely post give you a link to that. Yeah. Um, but I am gonna post the good doctor. This first one is a commission I got of him, and the second one is one I drew. Ooh. Uh, so, but uh, while I'm posting these, uh, Doctor Hugh is kind of a older middle aged man. Um, he has steampunk goggles on. Uh, he's got kind of short, messy brown hair. He's got a brown beard-mustache combo. Uh, Van Dyke, I think it's called. Um, I don't know why I know that, except I do know why I know that. Um, but it's incredibly stupid reason to know that. Um, he's got a nice white lab coat <laughs> that is definitely not, definitely has no stains on it. Um, and always has a nice bandolier of chemicals on him. Because you never know when you need chemicals. Yeah, I definitely don't see any mm -hmm. stains. I don't see any stains in the first picture that you commissioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are these chemicals? Oh, so I have a whole list of what those chemicals are. Oh, boy. Oh um, which is always a great thing, is when you have a list of chemicals. Um, Sounds dangerous. In everything is chemicals. Everything is chemicals. So true. Um. But yeah, so so the playbook I was using for Dr. Hugh was the leech, which is used for doctors and alchemists and all of that sort of general type of thing, um, which I mentioned just because it means one of the mechanical benefits I had as Dr. Hugh was that I just had a bunch of chemicals I could use in-game whenever I wanted that um, definitely didn't have bad side effects. So I'm just going to look at the list I have right here. Uh, With a name like Leech. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have uh, binding oil, drift oil, drown powder, eye blind poison, grenades, <laughs> uh, skull fire poison, smoke bombs, standstill poison, trance powder. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely oh. want to, like, blind my patients and use smoke bombs on them, and, yeah. Uh, I heard trans powder? Um, trance powder. Oh, okay, -A -A that, 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 that's a little bit different, sorry. Powder that makes you transgender. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could use it for that. That's just his HRT. 
Yeah, I, I know. I, I was going to ask what the difference was. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I think it's more of, I, I think that's less the hormonal aspect and more the emotional aspect uh, is what you could do with trans powder. Ah, I see. Mm. Sissification powder. I see, get it. I wasn't going to oh. say that, but yeah. It's okay. It's my podcast. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, you're and allowed to as say I, as I say that, uh, whoever is editing this is going to take that out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they have to listen to me say it. I am so sorry. But yeah, so I don't know about other people, but when I start a character in a tabletop game, I usually have some vague ideas about what I want for the character, and those ideas usually change very quickly. Uh-huh. Um, so, for example, the reason his name is Dr. Algernon Hugh is explicitly a reference to the Archer character of Algernon Krieger, um, who is also a definitely real doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, mm. Krieger. Um, I, that's funny. Okay. So, early on, he did Dr. Hugh did more of like making gadgets. One of the long-term projects he had was to make some sort of like voice recorder thing, which didn't exist because again, the setting. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that Dr. Hugh as much because he changed not super significantly, but significantly enough as the campaign went on. Um, and I think went in a more interesting direction. Ooh. Um, so Dr. Hugh is a medical doctor asterisk. Distrust them. Look, I, I can. Doctor Algernon Hugh is a medical doctor. There is not any like diploma he has that has that written on it, or like if you check like any records for whichever schools he says he went to, they won't have any records of him. Hmm. Um, but that's just because of some accidents. Don't worry about it. I mean, is this a universe where you have to have that even? Uh, you should. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's like old. It's like, I feel like sometimes medicine changes so quickly in that time period that like people be doing crazy shit and they're like, yeah, I'm a doctor. Uh, wink. Also, I just want to share real quick that um, because you did make the bit about being an actual doctor, I do now have the song Dr. Worm stuck in my head. That was song. what I was referencing. Yes, correct. He was a real doctor, but not a real worm or a real light, a yeah. lawyer. Yeah, he, he was not a real lawyer. Um, but no, so his role at the uh, lit law agency was kind of their on-hand, on-tap uh, medical expert. Um, so, you know, whenever any medical questions come up, they can just, they have a guy on ready to say, yeah, here's my expert medical opinion. Which is just a useful, useful thing to have when you're doing a lot of cases that are usually A, very weird, and B, very dangerous. Um, he also, over the course of however long he worked there, kind of picked up some general knowledge that was helpful in investigations and sometimes searches like co-counsel. Um, and of course, he was a real doctor. How many times do you think, let me put it this way, um, over the course of the campaign, it was kind of divided up into segments for each case. There were 13 mm -hmm. cases we did. Um, mm -hmm. how, wh what case do you think we got to where um, people started getting shot at? Again, these are just regular lawyers. Two. One. That's correct. It was two. It was the second case. Yes. Um, where we had assassins after us for some reason. 
Wild. That's weird. I feel like yeah. you're just regular lawyers, but you're getting shot at? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now here, so I suppose I should know. Um, when I say we're regular lawyers, that's half accurate. And it's not like the law, the law, the law firm wasn't a front for anything. Um, you know, it wasn't a front for some nefarious purpose or drug trafficking or anything like that. It was an actual law firm. Um, we just were willing to bend some of the laws sometimes. Hmm. Um, you know, what's a little forgery between friends? Did anyone have to take you to court? <laughs> I mean, we went to court all the time. I didn't mean like that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Dr. Hugh uh, was, like I said, had these roles at the law firm and evolved a lot as a character over the course of the campaign. Because, like I said, he was originally kind of just a standard, like, mad doctor type. Uh, and eventually became one of my favorite types of characters, which is bad person who is slowly trying to get ba- bet- get better and repeatedly fails to do so. God. Uh, who, who would like such a thing? Who could say? Who could possibly say? Who does that sound like? I don't know. Yeah, no, no idea. No, no other doctors I can think of that have that general quality. I wasn't even talking about doctors, but so true. No, no, neither was I. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about a specific doctor character, but. Nope. (laughs) Um, I guess that's a, that's someone who did eventually get better. But yeah, there are plenty of other characters who, in in fiction like that, that I generally pretty much enjoy pretty much every time they come up. I miss playing a character like that, I'm gonna be real. Mm -hmm. So, I guess to, in order to truly explain that, we have to jump back. um, Back into the past. And to do that, we have to stay in the present for just a moment. Which is uh, the GM for this game, Violet, who I adore and was an absolutely fantastic GM throughout, um, would frequently refer to Dr. Hugh as Dr. Huey. Um, It wasn't his name. It was never his name Mm -hmm. in the campaign. It just kind of happened that way for whatever reason. And I said, you know what would be really funny? That's right. Um, What if his name was Huey? Like his first name? Yeah. I think you did tell me his old name, yes. Yeah, so uh, I decided, you know what would be really funny? What if I gave this character serious trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, again, again, something none of us would know about. None of us would know about. (laughs) But basically, to summarize, uh, the reason that there's no documentation on Dr. Hugh being a doctor is because there is no Dr. Hugh. Um, There's a Dr. Huey Smiths who went to college uh, medical school on the Dagger Isles, another area around Duskfall, um, and did good. He, he got a the doctor of medicine. He specifically worked primarily around uh, pharmacology and different drugs. Um, and he did good, and he did so good, he was invited to be a guest lecturer at a class in Duskfall. He had been living on the Dagger Isles. So, Huey returns to Duskfall from the Dagger Isles to do this, uh, you know, the Sea Family, do this whole 
guest lecture thing. Um, and things go poorly. How poorly? Um, on a scale of one to ten, where does dead kids fit for you? Um, <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At like, least an eight. At least an eight. Depends on the number, I guess. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, a dead kid, that's like an eight. Mm-hmm. Like, 20 dead kids, that's like a ten. <laughs> yeah, I specifically never specified in anything I ever said about the character of exactly what happened. Oh, boy. Um, just that there was a practical demonstration of anesthesia. Anis- Sleepy gas. Mm-hmm. Anis- um, that it, yeah. Yeah. No, no you say Sleepy it. Gas. Anesthesia. No, I, yeah, but more, more. can you also say it for me? It sounded like you were starting to say Sorry, anesthesia? Okay. I was. It, it is a word I also struggle yeah. with. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like. I expected I, to F it up when I yeah, said it. I believe I said it correctly, or at least I said a version that is said. <laughs> Here's the good thing. If you say anything with enough confidence, then it sounds correct, which I should have thought of earlier when I was actually saying it. So true. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I never got into into the details, but basically there was a practical demonstration of anesthesia. Something went wrong, uh, and at least the school needed to be evacuated, and at least uh, multiple students were hospitalized, and at least one student died. <laughs> Oh no. Um. So yeah, not not great. Um, Did he get hurt in it? No, he's fine. He was wearing proper safety materials. Interesting. I mean, I, unless you count like the the trauma, I guess. Oh well, yeah. Good. No, I I I meant physically. Yeah, I did no, mean physically. Like, he was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had his he had his goggles on. Um, but yeah, so so Dr. Hugh did what any good upstanding citizen would do in this case, and uh, immediately ran um, and went into hiding. Uh, basically, he went to Myra, a mortician that he was friends with, and together they faked uh, Huey Smith's death, <laughs> which uh, I actually ended up writing some stories about, but I'll get to that later. But yeah, so Huey Smith fakes his, fakes his death. Um, as his, with, you know, Morticia, Morticia the Myron. That's the word. That's my new Sonic character. Myra the Mortician, (laughs) able to, you know, make everything look convincing and sign off on like, yeah, no, this other dead body that we found is definitely Huey Smith's. And then, so he became Dr. Algernon Hugh. Uh, and then for the next like 10 years, survived off doing back alley, back alley surgeries and making drugs and doing all sorts of really not great shit. He kind of fucked up and kept fucking up a little. Yeah. I mean, at that point it was more out of survival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But eventually, um, thanks to some strokes of luck, he did run into Alex Price founder and have count legal counsel of the right pricing company. And for, a multitude of reasons, Dr. Hugh decided, you know what, I think it's been long enough that hopefully he has died down from, you know, it's been like 10 years, hopefully people still won't be looking for me, I look different enough, I'm gonna be, and you know, no one would expect to look at a law firm for me. 
Like, that's the last place anyone would expect to find a wanted fugitive. Sure. So he became a lawyer, kind of. He became a legal counsel. He became, like, uh, yeah, like, legal counsel. Yeah, like, legal counsel I, and expert witness. I, yeah, that's the word I was thinking of, was expert witness. Um, at which point, the actual law firm and campaign part, actually, of his story actually starts. Was Alex Price a player character in yes. NPC? Alex player. Price was a player character. Okay. Um, the other players were Alex Price, um, who was the lead counsel, Maria Slovenov, who was our intern, Athena uh, Valore, I think, something like that, um, who was a kind of good at sneaking person. I can never remember what her exact title within the organization was. Um, and then we had Izzy, who had to drop out partway through the game, but was our ghost expert. Much like Doctor, he was their medical expert. Gotcha. Sometimes you just need to have a ghost expert on staff. And I think Well, for this game, yes. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now is because, like I said, there were 13 cases, and I don't want to go over all 13 of them. Sure. Um, but uh, once again, my lovely GM, Violet, did uh, give each case a very good name. And so I'm going to post this for you all to look at these this list of 13 cases um and i want you to to each choose a case you want to hear more about and i have other stuff i want to go over but i think this is a this is a good time to go over these 13 the the 13 cases i've just posted which for those listening are case one a boy and his bird case two good because it ails you case three how the turntables case four let a little bit of hell in your heart Case 5, Cash for Flesh. Case 6, My Terrible Wife Should Be Terribly Sad. Case 7, A Taxing Case. Case 8, The Great Duskwall Flower Caper. Case 9, Ghoulian Eyes. Case 10, Prices So Good They Are Literally Illegal. Case 11, Air Today Gone Tomorrow. Case 12, A Bird in the Grave. And Case 13, The World the Stage. The Air Today Gone Tomorrow is spelled air like... An heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Hmm. Morg, please pick one first. Okay, well, I mean, the one I kind of want my terrible wife should be terribly sad. Mm -hmm. And do you have one in mind, Spike? Just because if you're, if you're thinking of one before that, I should. Oh, yeah. Um, so chronologically. I, I'm kind of torn between how the turntables and let a little bit of hell in your heart. All right, I'm going to... Um, uh, I, I think I have to go with the latter, though. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one I would suggest. Um, the unionize is great. I, I want to think about ghosts that are unionizing. Like, I don't care if that's actually what it's about. It, it, that is abs absolutely what it was actually about. Abs great. Good. Um, I guess I will give the, the one-sentence summary of each of these. A Boy and His Bird was uh, our patron, Lord Bartleby, who was like a 14-year-old heir whose parents died um, wanted to get an emu from Australia and oh, no. uh, had had bought this emu and the local nature people, zoo, I can't think of, human, hum, Humane Society for Animals, whatever, were like, hey, you, you can't keep an emu. Th that's not gonna work. Yet the emu will be very sick and die. Um... Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm just like any time emus in Australia are brought up, I can only just 
start thinking about the Emu War? Yes. Um, classic. Classic Emu War. Yeah, definitely. Uh, case two, good because it ails you. Snake oil salesman comes. Uh, has been selling snake oil and accidentally killed a couple people. Accidentally killed three people, but it's okay because we figured out the three people had actually been poisoned separate from the medicine. And Hooray! If they weren't, then the, like the medicine says that it's, that, you know, it has fine print on it. We're fine. <laughs> okay. Legally, look, legally speaking, if you sell a medicine, and on the on the bottle it says, yeah. "By the way, that's how it if works you here. die when you ingest this, it's not our fault." Legally, more or less, that does happen in real life. So, more or less. Um, case three: How the turntables? A uh, guy had to sue a newspaper for libel because the newspaper was saying that he was doing all sorts of spooky, paranormal, illegal shit. And we said, yeah, okay. And it turned out he absolutely was doing that, but we kind of nudged the truth a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. you know, as you do, just, just, just nudge it a little bit. Um, and got the paper to retract the story. God, that's really funny. Mm -hmm. Especially because my sister's been watching that bull TV show, so I feel like I've been watching a lot of this unravel. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whenever I walk into my living room and I see her, I'm like, oh, there really was this person who like had to <laughs> retract their shit. Anyway, mm -hmm. continue. Um, one one important thing I do, I do want to bring up that I was going to bring up uh, at some point, but might as well bring up now because it happened during this case, is that... Uh, said very rich person had a ceremonial dagger and um in a trance cut his cut himself open what? as you know as one does yeah but again he didn't he sorry to be clear he he was perfectly in his legal right to have the ceremonial dagger it wasn't it was because it was for his museum it was perfectly on the books and perfectly legal and he wasn't doing anything wrong who, which who had the dagger? The person who you were the person, the person who hired us to have this story about him doing paranormal okay mm -hmm. redacted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so he did uh kind of get possessed by a dagger, a ceremonial dagger, for a second and cut himself open. Uh, at which point, I said, "Hey, I'm a doctor," and uh, managed to roll a critical success to fix this, which is. Difficult to do in this system. Not impossible, but difficult enough. Um, <laughs> and so I uh, did open-heart surgery on a man in his bed with very little materials on hand. And it was incredible and something I brought up through the end of the campaign whenever anyone questioned if I was a doctor. I mean... So true. He was already open. He was already open. So... But just anytime anyone would say anything questioning Dr. Hughes' doctoring skills, I'd just say, look, you, I, I once, you saw me do open-heart surgery on a guy in his bedroom, like, immediately. I'm, I'm good at my job. Um, but so that brings us to case four. Let a little bit of hell into your heart. Uh, which I think is an important one to talk about for, because I think it's one of the, the bigger, more defining ones for Dr. Hugh as well. So basically, a old blind man named Georgie Menton came to us about a bit of a peculiar case. Um, so they have this friend, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who is a demon. 
and is currently split in two with arboration with each half on who gets full control of the body and demon powers. Mm-hmm. Okay. This all so, makes this all makes perfect sense to me so yeah. far. Yeah, so um we got to help out with that. Um it was about personal belief in the case rather than the actual logic of it because of demon rolls. Yeah, that's kind of more what I was wondering. Like how do you even figure out custody there? Um, you split the baby. Yeah, you split the you, you throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then you split half of the bathwater and half of the baby. Mm, hmm. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah. So the two halves of the demon were the Cyan of Carrion and the Demon of Decay. And uh, Georgie, um, this old blind man, uh, old blind cavy, I should mention, because he was became one of Doctor Hugh's closest friends. But uh, he had us each talk to him about, you know, what was most important to us so that he could show us why the scion of Carrion is the one who should have the body. Um, basically, um, I'm trying to remember what she was in charge of based compared to the, the Demon of Decay. Basically... The Scion of Carrion dealt with the parts of society that were already starting to fall and collapse. Um, and the Demon of Decay was more about lying and actual death and that sort of stuff. Oh, alright. Um, it sounds like they like Carrion, like what a vulture would eat Carrion? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I was assuming it wasn't luggage. No, not no, no. I I didn't know if I like misheard you. That's all. But yeah, so Doctor Hugh got to talk about the the two things most important to him, which are uh, confidentiality and safety. Don't hmm. know why he'd care about those things. Interesting. Uh, and was basically told uh, by Georgie, "Hey, either don't talk to any. If this stuff is important to you." Either don't talk to anyone or talk to this specific person, which he did, because I think that was the more interesting thing to do, um, where uh, he eventually, after some going, some go-betweens, met a woman named CL, who was basically half-demon at this point. Oh. She used to work for the Spirit Wardens, doing a lot of like ghosts, ghost-catching, demon-catching, dealing with all those sorts of things. Uh, and kind of just got infected by that over time and was then in hiding because if she was on the street, she would be killed on sight. Uh, CL became another one of Dr. Hugh's good friends who he would regularly meet up with when he was able to and do stuff to try to help her live a, as best a life she could without being able to go outside because this CL was someone who the Scion of Carrion was helping. Is that why she was half- demon at that point was because of the sign of carrion no that was unrelated oh, okay the sign of carrion was more about keeping her hidden and gotcha. keeping in you know networks to keep her safe oh, okay okay but yeah so eventually you know everyone else in the legal firm did their own thing at the same time uh and we got brought to a big boat we uh got on a little rowboat, were brought out to a big boat, uh, and 
then we came back. We had no memory of what happened on the boat, which is always a good sign. Oh, no. Um, And then just got a letter saying, hey, you won the case. Good job. Here's a little demon friend who's a little hand like it from the Adams family. Oh, God. Um, I, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm going to do this mm-hmm. uh, thing. Sorry, you're right. Ca- ca- cousin, mm-hmm. cousin It is the giant hairy one. Yes, I can never remember which one is Thing and which one well, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I guess... I, d- I don't know why. Yeah, I guess not giant, but... Mm-hmm. Giant he's pile big. of hair. Yeah, yes. he's kind of big. It's kind of big. Um, I was like, It the clown? But no, Thing, yeah, that's no. the hand. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was, I think, one of, I think that was, like, the pivotal moment as far as Dr. Q's development of figuring out where I wanted to go with this character. Um, case five was Cash for Flesh, which is, um, Myra. You remember Myra? Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Q's best friend, Mortician. Um, yeah. she also did sell parts of bodies on the side. Yeah. You know, I, you, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta make ends meet. Yeah. I mean, this, in this fucked up world, yeah. That sounds yeah. pretty. Look, it's not, it's not like they were gonna miss it. Well, th- yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, this is the pl- type of place where you would do that, is kind of what I was saying. Yeah. Um, anyway, she had sold someone some flesh, and the flesh got stolen uh, before the pickup. Oh, no. But she had been painted in advance. Uh, so basically, she owned she owed people, you know, however many pounds of flesh <laughs> uh, that she no longer had on her. Uh, I like that she literally owed pounds of flesh. <laughs> yeah, it was good. But, uh, yeah, th- there was a contract to buy 12 pounds of human skin, and she only had 8 pounds of human skin. Uh. <laughs> At least sell a whole body. Like, selling the skin mm. is just... seems way worse for some reason. <laughs> Look, they need the skin so that they can use the skin to, like, wallpaper their boat so that the evil ghosts don't get in. Just sell the whole body, then. You can probably find stuff for the other parts. Just, like, I don't... I don't know. Why would you buy a lung if you don't need a lung? And why would she sell a lung to someone who doesn't need the lung when I could sell the lung to someone else who does need the lung? It's yeah. just business. So, Bitch, I don't know. So, the fuck? Here, here, here's a thing. Mm-hmm. Because I was curious and looked it up, the average adult uh, ha- has six to nine pounds of skin. Yep, that sounds about right. So, so this, so... One and a half to two persons worth, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, enough that uh, if they... Because they were going to get that skin one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if she didn't have the skin in the box ready for them. Well, she has some other skin that she could probably... Doesn't want to part with. Probably wouldn't be good to part with. But does technically have it on her. No pun intended. <laughs> I guess pun partially intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we had to find the flesh, which was less of a legal case, but more of a finding a thing. But it was, and it all worked out okay. But that brings us to case six. My terrible wife should be terribly sad. <laughs> Good. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've talked about ghosts a little bit so far. Um, and let me tell you about Dame Charlotte Seville. Charlotte Seville. She is um, basically a professional widow. She has had, uh, at this point, I think four husbands, and all of them died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving everything to her in their will. Yeah. Anyway, so Charlotte, uh, sorry, someone, so so Charlotte's husband, Louis, died. You know, Charlotte remarried. And no one was that sad that Louis died, because he kind of sucked. Yeah. 
and his wife didn't care. Is you know he didn't really have any friends. The one prostitute that he frequented didn't care, and that makes a ghost mad. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't move on to the afterlife and was causing problems because no one no one grieved him properly. So so I'm not I'm not gonna go. I'm, I got unfinished business, and my unfinished business is that my terrible wife isn't sad enough. Mm-hmm. So we got to investigating what exactly happened and. Um, you know, the, the thing is this, the servant had brought him some tea and, you know, the, the, the nobility these days really can't hold their arsenic. No, no. That's the problem with the, the nobility nowadays. So we, uh, did a lot of investigating, talking around, uh, and eventually made a fake funeral. <laughs> <laughs> hired a bunch of people to do a fake funeral, including the, uh, aforementioned prostitute who we just paid to pretend to mourn. Yeah, was the sex... Was <laughs> the sex worker, like... Was the wife there? Uh, no, of course not. I didn't think so, but I, I was just wondering. She wasn't... She didn't... She didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so we set up this big fake funeral, and uh, we did too good of a job, is the thing. Oh, no. You know how that happens sometimes? No. I never do anything so, that good. <laughs> basically all the dead spirits were like hey this is a really good funeral we're gonna come out uh, and, and hang out um and our, our resident ghost expert did then manage to bottle them up and for the rest of the campaign we had a bottle just t- uh, titled um bottle of resentment <laughs> which you know wasn't great sounds like it could be useful. No, maybe. no. Did you ever use it, even when your ghost person was gone? Uh, kind of. It came up in the very, very end. Good. K7, a tax and case, was a tax case about a garden. It was interesting, but not interesting enough to say anything about. The Great Duskwall, Duskwall Flower Caper, on the other hand, brings us to Dr. Hughes' partner in crime, Lily. So... The short version is that um, a bunch of these nice, beautiful lilies were brought into Duskwall. Everyone loved them. And they were kind of putting the whole town into a little bit of a trance. Oh. And so we got hired to help some people get rid of them all. So we did a lot of work to get rid of all these flowers. And at one point, Dr. Hugh uh, was kind of investigating and got a little bit of pollen or seeds or something something just kind of stuck in his throat you know did some coughing um and later it turned out that a uh, lily lived in his lungs now being the leviathan of joy oh. so basically um an elder god was you know spreading herself through these flowers we got rid of all the flowers but i in the process dr hugh inhaled something and now she lives inside him but just inside him, not any of the other people who were in trance. Just inside him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just inside him. Yeah. Lily was fun. She was very whimsical. Didn't always get things, but was just happy to be there and happy to. She was. She was happy. That like literally, she was the embodiment of happiness. I can't even imagine. Like, did did he have? Did she help him out? Like powers? Like what did? I'm just so curious about, like, having 
a small leviathan <laughs> in your body. <laughs> yeah. So, in your lungs, no less. Yeah. In my lungs. So she did help me. I, so uh, at, the, at the start of the next case, actually, I did almost drown and have a little bit of case of water lungs. Uh, and she helped out with that. She got she so she regularly helped me heal faster. Um, okay. She helped me grow some new lilies, um, which I then used to create some. Uh, what exactly did I call it? I think I called it vibes gas, maybe. <laughs> good, the good vibes gas. Good vibes wave. Good vibes. Yeah, vibe gas. I could use some good vibes gas. And, you know, I had to do some things in exchange for it, but don't worry about it. It's probably fine. I know. <laughs> I think I think that I think that's the really the executive summary of everything with Doctor Hughes, and actually with the with the right pricing company in total is, don't worry about it. It's fine. I want to kind of know, mm-hmm. but we probably should move on to the next case. But I'm mm-hmm. also like, what did he have to do? Oh, I'll, I'll get to that because, like I said, there's some other things i want to talk to uh okay unionize uh some ghosts wanted to unionize and they wanted us to represent them and we lost them horribly because no one wants ghouls to unionize Mm -hmm. ghost unions should be bad no Um, wrong all unions are good sorry mm -hmm. price is so good they are literally illegal was another tax case about um whether a certain class of ship should play should pay the government tax rate or the private tax rate, mm. it was actually a lot more interesting than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, th- this 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 is like um, uh, Converse shoes having the the felting on the bottom so that they'll technically be uh, slippers instead of sneakers. Huh. I did not know that. Me either. What the fuck? Uh, also. Um, X-Men are not human for the same reason. Yes, I did know that. But both are because of taxes. Mm-hmm. I did know about that one. X-Men are not human because of taxes. Okay. Yeah, because like uh, human toys and non-human toys get taxed differently. Oh! Yep. Dolls versus action figures. I thought you meant like in the comics they weren't humans. I'm like, yeah, they're not really considered human. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's like, yeah, they went against the the whole point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't consider that's that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow was a fun, another tax case. We did a lot of those, actually, um, where a guy died and we were making arguments about why some of our clients should get some of his money. A bird in the grave. So remember that emu I talked about? <laughs> Remember Chekhov's uh-huh. emu? Yeah, I, I assumed yes. it had to do with the bird mentioned earlier. So the bird died, which was unfortunate. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, no one could know why this bird that lived with this boy died. He actually, he seemed to be living a good life overall. I would expect the, the boy to die before the emu. No. I th- he died, thought the emu might kill the boy. I'm going to be honest with you. No, mm-hmm. he would never. He would never do such a thing. But um, after doing a couple different, after thinking about a couple different things to do, we said, "Hey, wait a second. Hey, Lily, 
You know how you, like, healed my lungs earlier? Oh, no. <laughs> you know how you, like, helped that other lady? Like, how now she has, like, super big, strong arms? Oh, shit. You know that other guy who was, like, in the wheelchair and now he can walk again? Uh-huh. Oh, she's... Okay, so you kind of left this part... Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we brought a emu back to life. All right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... And uh, it was it was easy. It was we didn't even really have to do too much in exchange. Just we had to give the emu poison glands that um really only activate when it's stressed out. So like at parties, um, that would you know then kind of spread this poison through the air at like these big fancy rich person parties. <laughs> okay. I'm not seeing a drawback, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Seems alright. Uh, we had. We had to make an argument to make uh, Bartleby our the owner of the emu and our one of our big clients uh, to be given immunity to the poison, but we managed to get that, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we got paid ten whole coins for bringing an emu back to life. I don't know the money system in this. Yeah, so that could be yeah. anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I want. I want to know how much ten coins is worth. Yeah, so let me get the rule book back up so I can show, so I can find exactly how much it says a normal score is worth. Um, while I get that up, the other thing I will say is that the last case was uh, Doctor Hugh and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Mm-hmm. Is that where it all came crashing down? That's where a lot of it comes crashing down. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, okay, so uh, eight. So so a standard score is in like decent loot would be six coins. Mm-hmm. So that's like a standard, you know, uh, so- a standard standard case, standard thievery, standard whatever is six mm-hmm. coins. So above average. Yeah, so so um, you did very well. Uh, no, we did bring a bird back to life. Yes. And a lot of rich people will die as a result. Okay. You did good. Yeah, it's a good that, thing. You did good, and you were rewarded. Yes, no, I'm just saying, like, don't get me wrong, rich people dying, absolutely a benefit. I'm just saying, we could have probably asked for, like, 20 coins. At oh, least. We, okay. We, bought a, we brought a bird back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I, I knew you meant you should have asked for more than just 10, but I was like... Oh, I mean, they probably aren't completely I happy. That, I missed it. Uh, they're probably not completely happy that like all these people are going to die, but maybe. I mean, I mean, Bartleby didn't know about that part, so don't worry. About ah, it. I didn't know that part either myself. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, well then, good. Uh, I, you probably made out better than you could have, if. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, Things went pretty okay. Were there any that were like, like? 20 like did you get any like real pricey cases or was it all kind of i think the biggest one was the air case where i think we got 20 or 24 okay yeah you probably could have at least gotten to give up a lot we had to give up a lot for that um partially because of how we did it um but in exchange um oh yeah so that so in exchange for the 24 Basically, we each had to come up with two negative consequences, like negative story things to happen. Oh, no. Um, and kind of bet them against the GM on for this, these coins. So what happened was the emu was put down, 
Um, Captain Rose, who was one of our, another important NPC and one of the people who paid us a lot, walked into the sea and never returned. Oh my. Um, uh, Warden Rhea was, who was another NPC that's not important, um, was, was ripped of her rank. Uh, Ivar the Tall, another NPC, picks the wrong fight with someone. Ashley rejects Maria, so some romance stuff. Um, Alex lost his right eye. Um, importantly, Lily starts to ask for favors. Ooh. Ooh. And did she ask for favors for the birdcase, since that happened in the aircase? Yes. No, so, so birdcase was, yeah, birdcase was air today, gone tomorrow, so she did ask for favors during a bird in the grave. Yeah. One of her, one of her favors was for Dr. He to go on a nice date. Oh. Sometimes he just got to enjoy himself. That's nice. At least he got one good thing, even uh-huh. if it sounds like he did. everything is bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the last case was basically Misery. The the Leviathan of Misery wanted to see, like, hey, thanks for all you've done in the way that only the Leviathan of Misery can do, which is making us miserable. Who is that? That's not Lily, right? No, that's not Lily. That was yeah. someone else. That, that, that would be like, like... Is this someone Lily is diametrically opposed to? Kind of. That's kind of what it sounded like. They're not like enemies or anything, but kind of in the sense of like, when you're that level of a force, you don't really have enemies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we all got to go to the opera, and um, basically all of our greatest enemies were there, including a woman named... What was her name? It was a woman that no one that I hadn't mentioned before because she had never come up before. Um, but her name was Penny, uh, Penny Capella, which was the mom of the kid that Doctor Huey Smith killed ten years ago. Ooh. Oh Oops. no! Uh, so we had to spend a lot of time navigating all these. Uh, at which point I did then just use the vibe gas on her when she was about to realize who I was. <laughs> Um, to just kind of get her in, like, a, a hazy state and then run away. God. It was a bad time for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of ended the game after that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a really fun thing called, like, the Apocalypse game or the End of the World game, something like that, which is a neat storytelling thing um, about just, like, what happens next. Do all the people know about his past now? Uh, so, so over the course of the campaign, he did tell the other members of the, um, of the right pricing company, mm-hmm. including, uh, it was Maria, the intern he told first, who he had a really nice relationship with. They, they developed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, partially it started with them kind of talking about ethics mm. and about how actually it's okay to do bad things sometimes if you're doing if they're for if they're for good reasons and to do good things in the future mm-hmm. uh, but then they'd go on regular fishing trips and he was just a good positive role model um and it definitely had nothing to do with the fact that he just desperately needed the validation of someone <laughs> about the age of the of the person he killed Ooh. and being like hey this person thinks I'm a Maria thinks I'm a good person so it's okay Ooh. yeah that's normal that's normal it's good and normal it's fine but the other 
uh, and then the other person that he came clean to, um, so Myra, Myra always knew, you know, sure, yeah. but the other person he came clean to was the other important person in his life that I didn't mention yet, which was, uh, doc, was, uh, Alex Price's biggest rival and the big rival who, who owned the firm that rivaled our firm. Uh, that's right. Miles Wright. <laughs> hmm. Wait. Hmm. Miles. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. Does he have a husband? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Okay. It seems that he does. <laughs> P- possible. But yeah, so in, um, it was actually a taxing case, I believe. No, it was prices so good they are literally, they literally are Ill- illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, in which, uh, we weren't in an actual courtroom, but we're kind of arguing in front of the, like merchants guild and dr hugh was on one side with miles right on the other and just because of the way things rolled out um another interesting thing to note is about the gm is that she would put in a lot of stuff from other games um and specifically i can't remember the system offhand but basically there was another system we would use that had a set of arguments like a debate style minigame um and halfway through this debate, it turned into the dancing mini game, like dancing at a at a like ballroom. <laughs> oh, um, because I'm not sure exactly why something just clicked with us. Um, and so then Doctor Hugh and Miles Wright started seeing each other um, after getting set up by Maria, the intern, on a couple of occasions. Um, oh. she had. She did a lot of work to try to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, now, very funny. Now I regret saying that he had a husband. Um, mm-hmm. it's called polyamory. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, that's funny. That's fun. And he, so he, like, mm-hmm. it's funny that you like got close to the rival. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the like epilogue thing, um, eventually Miles did, um confess to the death of or to the to killing the person who dr Hugh had killed that uh young woman oh what um in the class mm-hmm. um to because he was kind of getting in on dr Hugh, and so mile kind of sacrificed himself um and said no it was me don't look into it oh he lied okay he lied about oh, it i yeah. thought you were saying he confessed to no, he did not confess like starting the accident. He was he he confessed to, "Hey, I was actually the one who did this." Not Hugh, yeah. Not you. Don't don't worry about it. Don't don't look further into oh. this. Um and he was sentenced to basically be slave labor um defense attorney. Like public public defender slave labor. Ooh. Where basically mm-hmm. he went from jail to Defending like the scum of the earth type people, sure. uh, back to jail and back and forth doing that, mm. which was uh, not great. That's a bummer. It was a little bit of a bummer, um, but the at the the very last scene with Doctor Hugh in it um, that we had done in this was Doctor Hugh is getting on a boat to dust to uh, the Dagger Isles. He's finally headed home. And he has two tickets with him. 
um, kind of laid over each other. And so you can see one says Dr. Hugh on it, and the other, you can just see the first letter of it. It's just the letter M. No. Oh. Um, and is it Miles or is it Myra? Who could say? Hmm. Kind of left up to interpretation. I did realize at one point that it was very funny that, like, the three most important people in Hugh's stories, like, who still are alive, are uh, Myra, Miles, and Maria. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes. Um, I'm trying to think of some other fun Dr. Hugh facts that I wanted to mention. Um, a reoccurring gag that came up with him was that he was constantly putting money into the fish market, uh, specifically in sardine stocks, which uh, always are just going, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not big dividends, but they're little dividends over time. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know. I can't remember why this the fish stock market first came up, but it just then became a reoccurring gag. That, because it's a pun? I mean, it, that that is part of it, but lots of there are lots of puns that exist, and they don't all come up. True. True, yeah. Did Lily just... Was she, they? She? Were they, like, stuck she, in his lungs... Even in the apocalypse yeah. part, or the like, the yep. end part. Yep. Even in the epilogue, she just kind of lived in his lungs forever. Okay. Um, Interesting. And he died because of her, but so it's fine. I mean, it'd be like that. You kind of need to breathe. It'd I get like it. That. Yeah, it wasn't even about breathing. It was just having having an elder god live inside your body. Is what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. Seems fine. It's, mm-hmm. it's bad. It's bad for your health. It's bad for your mental health. It's bad long term. Don't mm-hmm. don't let an elder god live inside. Even a joy one. Uh, it's untenable. Even a joy one. I don't know why I kept getting exactly. like interested, okay. and I was like, I think it's just because it seemed like I was like, oh, he's just a normal guy, and then oh, he has an elder god in his lungs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, look, we love an elder god. So true. We do. But yeah, so since since the campaign, I've written a series of short stories based on Dr. Hugh that I've titled The Many Acquaintances of Dr. Algernon Hugh. Um, and I've written six of them, about six of the different people, Lily being one of them. Um, I think. Yeah, so there's one about the, the first chapter. The, like the, I have them labeled as chapters because they're kind of chronological, even if they aren't necessarily a full story. Sure. But so there's one about him faking his death. There's one about him and a priestess named Melista, who I th- might have like briefly brought up as an, like his one of his enemies. Um, but basically, he was hired by a cult to do cult surgeries and basically take demon bones and uh, surgery them into people. Oh. Willing people, if that helps. Yeah, it's just like, oh. Will, will, willing enough people. It was more like, oh, demons have bones? Okay. Um, story of how he met Alex, uh, story of his first interaction, one of his first interactions with Maria, the intern, story of his meet cute with Miles, um, and the last one I wrote was his introduction to Lily and meeting her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I might also put a link to the Google Drive that has those if anyone is interested in reading those at some point. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, mm-hmm. after the thing if you 
how you felt about other people reading it versus yeah. if I could post it or whatever. Yeah, you can absolutely post it. Um, and the, the big thing I'm really proud of, and I know you had done an episode about this semi-related to this recently, is that there is a Doctor Who playlist I made that I'll share the link to. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just put out, I mean, this one's not going to be out for a bit, um, but we're recording this when episode nine uh, came out like this past week, so. So here's a link to that, but the last one on this playlist is a AMV I made to the song No Children from the Mountain Goats, which I will probably link directly to as well at some point. Yeah, I have seen uh, that, and I was like, I only know vaguely what's going on just from watching this, but I'm so, like, impressed by it. Yes, thank you. I will probably understand a little bit more now. <laughs> You'll probably understand it more now. So that's exciting. <laughs> about a man who faked his own death after accidentally killing someone and possibly more than one person but uh possibly more than one person who's unclear unclear um well yeah I, I just posted that playlist is there i guess is there are there any any of those songs that jump out at you that you want to know more about oh i didn't just while i um uh, oh if, if you're not if you haven't looked at it that's fine just careless whispers being the first one is definitely mm -hmm. something what? oh it's yeah it's a song about regret <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, that there are some bangers in here. They're all fucking good. Don't at me. Uh I I am hoping that a certain musician <gasps> hope uh show You put the boys are back in town to kill you on this? Let's go. Yes, I did. Fuck. <laughs> that's I just added that recently because that's like a I feel like that's a really good one for person who is on the run and like specifically has a point in the story where yes there is someone who is back in town prison who would most likely kill him god i have so many I, like i mean more i have more feelings about the like quote-unquote sequel the kiss me one but this one i also have feelings about okay sorry yeah um you, you have the very good song um and good life advice don't be a lawyer from crazy ex-girlfriend on here yes <laughs> um I was hoping that I would find Huey Lewis in the news. No, unfortunately, I didn't think of a good. I should. I should go back and find a good Huey Lewis song. I do have "You Can Call Me Al" though, mm -hmm. uh, by Paul Simon. Yeah, do people call him Al? Sometimes, most of the time, it's Doctor Hugh. But um, I know Lily specifically always calls him Al. Ah, dirty little secret. Mm -hmm. uh, the objection song, turnabout musical, pretty good. Pretty good. Re I also am very proud of uh, Like a Surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have a repo from Repo the Genetic Opera song on here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No Children, of course. I need to watch that at some point. Me too. It's a vibe. It's, it's. I feel like, yeah, you guys should watch it like once. I don't know how I feel about it like, overall, but like, it's, yeah. I, I wanted to watch it when it first came out and never could find a copy. Uh, and now here we are, like, 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, you probably would have liked it more at the time, <laughs> 20 years ago. Hmm. Probably so. But. See, here's the thing you need to remember about Repo. 
is that Zydrake comes in a little glass vial. So true. A little glass vial. A little glass vial. God damn it. A little glass vial goes into a, into the gun like a battery. So true. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of the, the general overview of Dr. Hugh is uh, yeah. kind of that's his that's his story. You know, there's more uh, lore in the uh, in the short stories I mentioned. I guess do you have any do either of you have any big questions you want to know about Dr. Hugh? Um, I guess you said he died, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was that like something you decided later or you decided like when he was like on the boat and stuff, you're like, Oh, he, he died later. So that, that is a, he, he dies at some unspecified point in the future. Okay. It's unspecified. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Just because when I was talking to the GM about like, what are the long-term effects of Dr. Hugh never dealing with the fact that Lily lives in his body? Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of established mm-hmm. that at some point, Dr. Hugh, dies from it we don't know if it's you know weeks or months or years in the future but he has a smile on his face and it's basically the best way you can go okay um being overtaken by the leviathan of joy probably about the best way you can die yeah sure yeah if you have to die like that sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. What, what what happens to lily afterwards though Oh, I'm sure. I mean, so I guess something that wasn't clear is that's, you know, just part of Lily. Oh, okay. You know, that is an avatar of Lily, you know. Okay. You can't can't contain the entirety of a Leviathan anywhere. And, you know, that is that is both all of her and a part of her. So so not a not a uh, phenomenal cosmic powers, itty bitty living space situation. No. More of a phenomenal cosmic powers, and also I have a roommate that I live inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that's what uh, I feel like. That's what Yuki does. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Venom. I didn't mention, but uh, Doctor He does like card games. Let's go. Um, nice. Specifically, he likes to play cribbage. Okay, yeah. Um, I specifically noted that he likes backgammon and cribbage, which are both games I also enjoy and are what I would put in the genre of really old people games. Yeah, I was like, that's kind that of an I older like a lot. people game, mm-hmm. but good on them. But they're they're fucking good, is the thing. I don't know if I've ever played cribbage and backgammon are good. Cribbage. I played backgammon. I haven't played in a long time, so I don't remember how. But yeah, I don't know. Is there any like? fun thing that came out like I know you changed you said he changed a lot and everything but is there anything like even after you kind of decided on this like backstory where he like had a thing that go wrong was there anything that like was unexpected that you Mm -hmm. ran in like that you were like oh I didn't think this would happen to you or whatever yeah, so I'll say a lot of it was like that because, like I said, it was part of a tabletop. Sure, yeah. So, you know, everything that happened with Lily was not anything I had planned for in any way, shape, right, or Right, of course. Um, getting together with Miles was almost entirely because of Maria and what her player wanted to do with her downtime. That's funny. It was just a good... It was just... It, there was a lot of things like that where it just kind of 
Just kind of happened. Yeah, serendipity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. serendipity. I think I'm using that word right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I did. I almost forgot one of his special abilities um, that he had as a, on his character sheet was uh, I take my arsenic, which is uh, he was immune to all drugs and poisons. Oh. Yeah, unlike the nobles, he can hold his arsenic. Exactly, he can hold his arsenic. Unlike the... Well, maybe he could do that before and he didn't even need to wear all the equipment because he was immune to the... Whatever killed. That was... That was explicitly the reward we got instead of getting paid. Basically, when when we did regular law, we would get paid. When we did ghost law, we would get something else. Gotcha. And when we did... My terrible wife should be terribly sad. Our benefit was that we all became immune to all drugs and poisons. Fascinating. Okay. Hmm. Um, the one other thing, just because I'm looking at his character sheet now, that I wanted to mention, is that um, Dr. Hugh did put in place a, like, a, basically an underground railroad system within Duskval for people like himself and, more importantly, people like CL. Um, that was his, like, big downtime project throughout the course of the campaign, was setting up this big, massive network of people and places to get people who needed to get out of Duskwall out of Duskwall. Mm-hmm. Um, which definitely started out as more of a selfish thing, and over time, especially with CL, became not unselfish, but it wasn't just about that. Sure. And the other thing is... Because of the moves I took, Dr. Hugh had a lot of money at the end of the game. Not, like, enough to be a noble or anything, but basically as much money as, like, a player character can have in the game, which still isn't Mm -hmm. a ton, you know. It's, like, I can't remember exactly what the book says, but it's, like, enough that you can, like, own a small business. Oh. You know, and not be worried about getting kicked off into the street. Okay. Did he go home and own a business? (laughs) Um, okay, here it is. Stash 40, a well-appointed home or apartment, claiming a few luxuries. You might operate a medium business. Oh, you might. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did have a full stash of 40 at the end of the game, um, until the last session where he gave up uh, 22 of it mm-hmm. um, to give to Myra, which was basically his, like, going away present and it was mm-hmm. ki- he was kind of very explicit with like this isn't paying you off this isn't like paying for your silence this is like hey you have done so much for me and you deserve this okay for reference uh that left him with 18 which is a tiny hovel that you can call your own <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm looking at the the four levels of retirement in the game are poor soul, meager, modest, and fine. Fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Can't do any better than that. Mood. Mm-hmm. And yet you had to work for all these fucking royals, man. Mm-hmm. All these, like, upper-class people. Mm-hmm. We did. We had a lot of upper-class people who didn't like us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all the questions I have for... Unless Spike has got anything. No, I I am good for now. Alright. Alright. Where can we find you, Pat? Trick? Uh, you can find me at 
tumblr.com slash shadow sandbag. Uh, I also have a co-host that I don't use that will probably get more use at some point. Um, but I don't really use now. You can also go to Tumblr and find my game dev Tumblr, um, where I post about the tabletop games I am working on. And by say, when I say post about the tabletop games that I'm working on, I mean I last posted in November 2022. It'd be like that. Honestly, that's It'd be that's like more that. recent than I was expecting. I thought you were going to say, like, 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well... Um, but you can find that at warmshadegames.tumblr.com. Okay. And I'm sure you'll, you'll link... I guess I shouldn't assume you'll link to that, but I will ask you to link to that yeah. in the description. Mm-hmm. And if you say no, then I'll say, oh, okay. Yeah, probably. I will try to let the editors know and link it on the social media we have. Yeah. And like I said, I'll also um, post, share that link to that Google Drive as well as the Toy House. Yeah. Sorry, the Toy, the se. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can see both Dr. Hugh and some of my other characters. I didn't even get to talk about my, my ongoing thing with Doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have I, I have more doctor characters than I feel I should. I feel like my my percentage of characters who are doctors is statistically high. Yeah. Well, at yeah. least two of the tabletop games that I've played with you, they're not doctors. At mm-hmm. least. Um but it but at least one Patrick does have a doctor character. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I didn't play that one. No, 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 you are playing in that one now. Dr. Darlene Darling. Oh, you mean that? Yes, okay. I was thinking of, like, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. offhand, I can think of Dr. Algernon Hugh, Dr. Darlene Darling, Dr. Anubis, who is uh, the overlord of the Fellowship game I run. Uh, Dr. Vaki, who was a major reoccurring NPC in the Lancer game I ran. Uh, Dr. Name Tenabok, who was the major antagonist of the Lancer game I ran. Um, and I'm sure there are others that I'm not immediately thinking of, but those are like five that immediately come to mind. They're mm-hmm. not all medical doctors. No, but they're all doctors. Yeah. They're just not that sort of doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess you do. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, mostly I'd say you can find me on Tumblr or co-host. Um, I guess I should note my my Tumblr, uh, my my shadowsandbag.tumblr.com is mostly me re- me reblogging good good posts. Is the co-host also Shadow Sandbag? Not that yes, the co-host is also Shadow Sandbag, but that's more that you, not that I use it but, much, but it is. Well, you more could. Of, <laughs> yeah. I, c- I could use it more, and it will probably be less just sharing good posts and more actual posts of my own. I get that. I don't mm-hmm. have a ton to say. Um, Spike, how about you? Since you just have... Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't have social medias. Um, so, hey, um, check out this guy. Is the podcast you're listening to right now. If you look in the show notes, there's a link to a Discord server. Come on by. We have a good time here. We we have things going on typically on Mondays and Fridays at a minimum, and it's just a really good group. So uh, we'd be happy to have you. 
Yeah, I probably should have had you go last because, well, that's fine. I'll just go right from mine into. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the social media oh, or the podcast itself. You should give me a list of these and I can do that in the future. I mean, okay. <laughs> it's just two of them. Uh, but you can find me, just me, Morg, at Hunting the Morg on Tumblr, still technically Twitter, um, and Gengar on co-host. You can also find me on my other podcasts, uh, Forward Forward ReZero, a ReZero Watch podcast, maybe someday, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. That's that's still going strong, you know? <laughs> uh, so, so ho- hold up. I, I, I do want to talk about Ford Ford ReZero real quick. Okay. Did it ever occur to y'all to just keep on um, publishing the same episodes over and over again while you're on hiatus? I feel like that would be annoying. Like, God that is a f- kind of a funny bit, but I think that would be... If I was a listener, I'd be like, okay, this sucks. This is annoying. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, actual media companies have done worse. True, true. That's a that's a pretty low bar, yeah. though. Uh huh. Um, we have not done that, but we do have a couple episodes. No, I, I'm it. sorry. I just it popped into my head, and I had to ask. No, listen. I mean, you're right. That's kind of the whole thing about the he come back. He come back. That's what he do. He come back. Um. Uh, Sonic Shuffle for her. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said all of my own personal stuff. And then the show's stuff is the Discord, as you heard, as well as check out this guy. Uh, check out this guy.tumblr.com. Uh, co host is just check out this guy also. Yeah. And then you can also find us on our podcast website uh noisepace.xyz uh hosted by Matt GameCube and or I think both my other podcasts are on there too so that's cool and then yeah I think that's all unless I am forgetting something which is very possible because I'm still getting used to running the show sometimes <laughs> without Emery. Um, and now is where we maybe close the show with something that I still don't fully know what we've decided on because no so, one's told me. So, so Patrick, w- w- what's going to happen if someone uh, steals Dr. Hugh Algernon from uh, they, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. I am being recorded right now for this podcast, so I legally will not answer. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> in that case, we can't do our outro. Sure we can. Is, I don't know what you're... Which, which is to go and find an OC and steal it. You can still do that, okay. just not Patrick's. Yeah, just not, not mine. I, will, I am fiercely protective of them. We need to change this, because obviously, like, yes, we want you to steal, like fictional media like characters and take them as your own but like taking your like little lowly like personal characters is gonna suck so i think we have to change this (laughs) all right how how, how about how about this are you ready go for it got your new outro and now 
the weather. No. no. Um, but hey, hold up. So, like, we are encouraging people to, like, come up with stuff. And hey, you can borrow ideas. And the only reason why it's not professional is you're not getting paid. I mean, look at George Lucas. He just stole a bunch of shit and called it Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... He just watched Barbarella one time and said, Oh, yeah, I'll just make this again. Oh, like... like um. We we watched Barbarella not too long ago, and we came to the conclusion that almost every piece of media is just ripping off of ripping off Barbarella now. <laughs> Good, I've never seen it. So. All right, so, 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 new sign off. Rip off Barbarella. <laughs> yeah, um, watch Barbarella. New sign off. Watch Barbarella. <laughs> yes. I can't stick to my own sign off, but yeah, um... <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be very confusing to the audience. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Pleasure having you.